0: We're back! Hi, we're back way sooner than (laughs) usual, even like when we were regularly recording, so that's a positive.
1: I feel like this podcast is like a box of chocolates. Uh, (laughs) You never know what you're gonna get.
0: (laughs) We never know what we're gonna get. We just... Or just like, hey, um, let's record. What are we going to record about? I don't know. Let's just turn it on and start talking. Yeah. But I think
1: part of it is because we missed also doing this. We missed you guys out there. We know that we've had a bit of a hiatus Um, because, you know, Molly
0: was moving to a whole new country. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. That's a, a little, legitimate excuse, right?
1: Yeah. I feel like there's like a little bit of criticism <laughs> in there for me. Like, you know... <laughs> Don't be coming at us. No one's come at us, by the way. (laughs) So I'm a little defensive without needing to be. (laughs) Um, No, this is a horrible way to start a podcast. Like, hey, we haven't been here for a while. Let me criticize you. So as you can tell, this is super planned, right? No, but, you know, as we've always said, this this podcast is a conversation between Army friends. And we want to keep it casual. And hopefully you feel like a couple of your friends are you know, chatting with you guys too. So hopefully you don't mind the craziness of it all.
0: <laughs> oh, it's funny that you said that. So uh, there's been a few people that have tweeted that are that say they listen to our podcast like in public and they'll have their headphones in and they're walking or they're on the bus or doing something. And then they start like talking or like nodding or agreeing with us. And people just are looking at them like, what is this person doing? So it makes me feel like people do understand they are agreeing with us and listening to us and feeling like we are just talking to them and that they're talking to us. So I think that's really funny and cool.
1: <laughs> so we we appreciate you guys. And thank you for sticking with us as we navigate life's changes. And um, really, that kind of leads us into like what we really wanted to focus on for this episode, which
0: is, Molly, what is today? Today is my personal one year BTS anniversary. Yay! That word up. BTS anniversary.
1: BTS anniversary. So, and so that's Molly's, which is, I call it my like army anniversary because I feel like you became army and a BTS fan all (laughs) in one shot. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas my journey into being army was, a little bit different and longer, uh, but that day definitely changed <laughs> changed a lot for us, so we, <laughs> we kind of wanted to talk about a whirlwind, the whirlwind we've been on, especially because probably by the time this episode comes out, it'll be around the time that our podcast started too, and so it's also in celebration of our podcast anniversary,
0: and I can't, really can't believe it's been a year. Like, I
1: can, but I also can't. Like, in some ways, it's like, wow, so much has happened over this past year. And it's really crazy to think that before this point a year ago, both of our lives were so different, if you really think about it.
0: You lived in the United States. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I lived in another country. (laughs) Yeah, I lived in the States. We were both, like, in transition periods in our lives, and we were kind of lost in a way like we didn't know where we were going to end up or where we were going to be settling i feel like not only has this last year been about like our bts journey but it's been about a journey of us like finding where we feel like we belong and bts has kind of like has been that guiding path of like helping us get to that point um with like the people that we've met and the things that they've made us feel and think about ourselves, they've kind of, like, helped us along that way and along our journey to get us to where, like, we finally feel like we are home, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, I I can't even remember, like, what my mindset was this time. You know, I was going through a lot of stuff, obviously. And, you know, BTS, yeah, like you said, they were kind of a guiding light or so and I definitely feel like they've been that for us and I remember when we first started the podcast one of the things that we said is like it's a dream if we ever get to see them in concert and we didn't really think that would be possible within like the first year they had just they were already on tour the time that we were recording so we're like oh it's definitely going to be at least a year maybe two before they're back here and the fact that we got to like live that dream kind of crazy <laughs> went to a lot of concerts I mean, so we lived it quite a few times <laughs> but it's the fact that we got to live that dream as well as just go on this crazy year and journey that they've had from just like everything and even them releasing a new album within the year that we you know have known them and just being a part of like so many like Really great moments in their careers. It's just been, like, really crazy and everything. So, I have a question for you. In this past year, what has been your favorite, like, BTS moment or...
0: Well, the concerts, obviously. <laughs> I know, I
1: know. Uh, looking at J-Hope in the eyes. <laughs> so hang
0: on. Again, are you making these questions because you already know the answers and they're the specific things you want to talk about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just making them up.
0: <laughs> Definitely the concerts. Because um, not only did we get to see them live, we got to go to soundcheck, we got to meet some of our friends that we've been talking to, like that that three weeks, probably like encompasses the entire year. And it was like all of this stuff that we have been working towards, like we've been doing the podcast. We got to do some live episodes from the concerts. We got to meet some listeners. We actually got to give away tickets and have some listeners get to come to the concert for the first time of them seeing BTS, we got to meet some of our really close friends. We got to finally spend some time together. If you are new to the podcast, Erica and I met. We lived in the same city. And then uh, we haven't lived in the same city in what, over a year now? And yeah, from the, the time we started the podcast. Yeah. So like since we've been doing the podcast, we have been living apart from each other even when we lived in the same state, we lived over, we lived about an hour away from each other. Um, So we still didn't get to see each other that often when we lived in the same state. And, you know, our friendship, I feel like has grown over this last year through BTS as well. And, you know, it had been probably six months since we had seen each other or longer. So we were finally able to get to spend some more time together. I got to cross a few things off my bucket list. I had always wanted to go to New York City. Um, I got to uh, see some things in Hollywood that i had wanted to see. And so there's a lot of things in those three weeks that I got to do and experience that a lot of people don't get to do or see in years. And we did it all in three weeks, uh, which I still can't believe we we did this uh, and I'll be paying it off for a long time. But it was worth it because I just stop and think sometimes like what happened in those three weeks and the things we got to do. And I'll go back and look at pictures and the memories that we had. And I will always have those. And those will be very special memories that I'll have, you know, for the rest of my life. You know, the, the friends that I made through the podcast and through BTS and finally got to hug and see. In those three weeks, like, that was probably the most special for me. What about you?
1: I mean, yeah, it's hard to, like, compare anything to that just because you're right. It was the culmination of everything that we had started doing and hoping for all coming, like, together. And you're right. When I look back, you know, and I probably will say this In every podcast episode, the way I reference In Sync. When I look back, I just can't believe that we were there. We were in their presence. We were watching them. They were so close to us at points. We were looking them in the eyes. Like, I cannot believe that. And it makes me want to break down into tears, you know, crying because I can't believe. I got to witness that, and I still remember. <laughs> sorry, I was laughing because I cried so much the first concert. <laughs> but <laughs> but I still remember like this overwhelming like sense of gratitude being at like every show, but especially the first show because there's a sense of disbelief, and you're really just seeing these people who had just you know change your life and have have meant so much and have been you know a source of just pure happiness for me and i i don't know and i know it's just something that's repetitive and that i say a lot but something else um obviously starting this podcast obviously was what really initiated it as we just said molly came into loving bts from the start it was love at first sight <laughs> But for me, I did love them, but like, or I did really like them initially, but I felt like all these hesitations because I'm like, I'm too old. I'm like, maybe I was like 31 or something like, I'm in my 30s. I shouldn't like a boy band like that. I felt like I could love them very deeply, but I felt like I shouldn't from the age and everything I was at. So I would listen to a couple of songs and everything. I've been looking back, you know, reflecting since it's, you know, our anniversary and whatever, uh, bts anniversary, and I'm like, you know what, I'm actually glad I didn't get super into them when I did, because I got into them when I really needed them, and it was just like perfect timing for everything that was going on in my life to really appreciate them and to just embrace them and everything, and so... I'm really happy about that. So the podcast, obviously, I'm super happy that we started. And I'm trying to think of anything else. Like, every, like this was the perfect year to become, at least in the United States, I feel, but maybe other places, too, to become a BTS fan. Like, they just did so much here. And there were so many, like, events, like the movies that we got to go to see, whether it was Soul in Concert or bring the soul or burn the stage. Like you got to actually interact with armies, the concerts, just, I feel like if you're a BTS fan in the year 2018, 2019, you really were living in excess of BTS and it was plentiful. And I know that the people who have been fans since like 2014, 13, 14, 15, they didn't get opportunities and things like this. So I'm really thankful that we got to, come in when it was like the getting is good you know
0: (laughs) yeah and also it's it's gonna be really hard when they don't keep that pace up (laughs) and we're like I feel like we got spoiled and then it's gonna be like okay yeah we'll come back to the states we're gonna come back next year whatever and like for you guys in the states now or like concerts around the world and we've talked a lot about this how just Physically, they cannot keep up the pace that they've been going. And I feel like maybe this was really the perfect time because we got to experience all of this stuff. And then now they can slow down, go at a little bit slower pace over the next few years to increase their longevity. We got to experience like this whirlwind of winning all the awards, them going to the Grammys. Presenting at the Grammys, a lot of like big firsts for them were firsts for us as BTS fans because we just got into them. And so we got to share a lot of like firsts with them, which I think it still feels really special to be able to experience a lot of these firsts with them as new BTS fans. But I just think it's really cool that we got to experience so much stuff with them and with new friends. And... You know the podcast too because we had both been wanting to start a podcast which was something that we found we had in common um after our love of harry potter and our disastrous harry potter recordings and then we're like <laughs> you know what <laughs> we're like bts would be like the great way to get into doing this it's something that's creative it's an outlet for both of us that we can do in our spare time and just do for fun. And it was a first for us. We had to learn how to do all this and to edit and to record and get the website set up and get it uploaded. And like, we did a lot of like research and trying to figure out how to, um, how to even launch a podcast. And so that was a first for us too. And I've just been able to experience a lot of firsts with friends and with BTS
1: Also, in reflecting on this year, so I have do have a couple of questions that are just popping off in my mind, so we'll see how this goes. Now that we're a year further or in the future or whatever, what would you say is like your all-time favorite BTS song, you know, obviously thus far?
0: I don't really think I can answer that i can i cannot pick one song because okay. i listen to all of their songs um i know different people have different tastes in music and i know you you've learned to appreciate more of their slower songs but you love their more hype songs so you have like a smaller pool to choose from from your favorite i feel like and there's people who really like their ballad songs more or who really like their first like three albums versus their last few albums or vice versa honestly as a whole i love different songs from each album i love hip hop um i you know grew up in the 90s and i loved 90s hip hop and a lot of their earlier stuff reminds me of that so there's songs on some of their earlier albums that i can listen to over and over and over there's some songs on their earlier albums that i don't have to listen to all the time. I'm not saying I dislike them, but that, you know, they're not my favorite. But then there's songs in, you know, the middle, and then there's songs, obviously, on Persona that I can just listen to over and over and over. So it honestly depends on my mood. I feel like I have, like, a daily favorite song or, like, <laughs> a weekly favorite song. I can't pick just one.
1: Okay, maybe I should rephrase
0: this because I
1: was like, okay how would i answer it well i know how i would but um i guess what i should say is is there a song now after a year that is like really meaningful to you or maybe like a couple of songs that now like have taken on maybe a new meaning or a very special meaning
0: now for you i think for me idol was one of the one of those songs that um that was like their big title song right before end of the year award shows and that's the one that they performed so much and i was really looking forward to like i love the the beat i love the message of the song i love all of their like various parts in the song and i love that music video so i was really excited to see that and hopefully see that in concert and i was really bummed that uh, I didn't think I was ever going to get to see it. And then we got to see, they did, they ended the medley with it and we got to see it six times. I don't think the meaning of any song has really changed. I'll go with idol. Cause I. No, that's
1: like, that's a good answer. That's, it's not like there's a wrong answer, except for if you're like, uh, kill this love by Blackpink, Cause that's <laughs> not a BTS song. Okay. Um, so for me, One year later, my favorite song still is Mike Drop, Steve Aoki Remix, um, which is just what made me, from the first time I heard that song until now, I love it so much. But all the songs have, like, I guess, a different meaning now that I've listened to them, like, throughout the year, obviously. Or, you know, I've just endeared myself more to them, especially the slower ones, probably more after the concerts, because I would mostly just listen to the fast ones. But I'd say, like, and I've said this before, but Microcosmos, it's hard for me not to say Microcosmos, like I always say it, but um, that song I think will always just kind of be a representative song of the concerts for me. And like that song I liked, but like it was like, okay, whatever, when I heard it on the album. And now it just has so much of a nostalgia factor factor for me. And I just think of like little Jimin crying, like pretty much, I think it was like night two and just like the emotions that were flowing and feeling so connected to BTS. And so that song I think has grown to have like a very special place in my heart that it didn't necessarily have upon like the first listen and everything. Yeah. So I have another question about this past year and So I wanted to know, is there any, like, one performance, not from the concerts, obviously, that kind of, like, stands out to you um, from, like, either the award shows or or music video or anything like that? Maybe not a music video, but a a performance, a live performance that you stayed up (laughs) to watch?
0: (laughs) All of them. (laughs) Because I stayed up for every one of them. No, um, all of their mama performances and just how crazy their stages were and I enjoyed all of the performances from all of the groups and I actually started liking a lot more k-pop groups through the award shows uh last year um and they were all Top notch, like really good stages, better than a lot of performances at award shows in the States. Um, But then BTS came out and just literally blew everyone out of the water with their sets, with the dancing, with all their added backup dancers. And I don't know how many times we'd be like, where did those people come from? There's like 200 people on stage and you don't even see them come on stage and they have all of these parts and moving pieces and literally moving pieces in some of their performances. And they come out on like a giant tiger or um, when they have like the traditional Korean drums and dress and um, then their fake love performance and how they can take the same songs and remix them or put a little different track behind them and then wear a different outfit and completely change the feel and the vibe of the song and the performance. So I've watched, I love fake love performance and the song and how they can just add things to it and make it even better after it's been out for so long. And same with Idol, like the music video is amazing. Then they come out and, Jimin and Hobi and Jungkook, their dance before with their fans and their little cloths and whatever they had. Um, Just like all the work that they put into it just really made me appreciate them more because they're not just coming out doing the same things and doing like this easy choreography. They're practicing so hard and all the things that have come out later, like with the documentaries and Um, the memories like we get to see just how hard they worked we get to see the behind the scenes and like they work like hours and hours and hours a day to do these performances because they love to perform and they do it for the fans Um, and it's not just bts fans at these award shows like there's fans of other k-pop groups so they're putting in all of this work um, just to perform. And it's not just a regular concert. They're performing for so many people. And those performances could actually bring in more BTS fans because they're so ridiculous. And I know they've talked maybe that they won't be as involved as some of the end-of-the-year shows this year, which is makes me happy and which is also kind of sad because they have given some of their best performances over the years. When I've gone back and watched performances of them, um, the award shows are where they really pull all the stops out.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, when I think back of like what really stand, so many stand out, they're so memorable. But when I think about it, yeah, Mama definitely does. And the specific Mama one with an honorable mention for Anpan Man <laughs> and RM and his spacesuit. but But um, is the fake love performance. I remember my jaw just being on the ground. I'm seeing splits. I'm seeing hands like... No strings attached for in sync. You know, I'm seeing all these things, and I just like love that performance. And that one really kind of stands out to me as like maybe a personal favorite um, from the year, even though there's so many that were obviously incredible. And you're right, when they get the chance to do these like small not small scale, because it's not, it's, like, insane, but, like, these just, like, focused performances on, like, one to, like, three songs, and they just really get to show off in front of these crowds that are not necessarily BTS-only, you know, crowds. It's, like, they really just... uh, They're just top-notch, which is actually... Um, one performance that actually kind of disappointed me. Oh, I know what, what? Um, was actually their performance at the Billboard Awards with Halsey, just because like it was a good performance, don't get me wrong, but I know like what they can do, and I was really looking forward to them like showing up everybody and being like, look, look at our sets. Look at, like, our dancers. Look at this. And I think that what ended up happening is, like, they probably had, like, a lot of constraints with it. They probably were invited semi-last minute. They probably didn't have, like, weren't given the budget or allowed to use, like, the same sort of budget that they do for these performances, and I feel like there's probably, like, a lot behind the scenes that we won't know about that they had to kind of just, like, okay, let's just do, like, kind of a basic performance, Um, so I was kind of sad because, like, anytime you really do see them, like, do a major award show performance, it's, like, light years, I feel, like, ahead of what we see on most people's performances here on American, like, award shows. And I just wanted people to see that and so they can, like, start loving them the way that we do. But that aside, people still, like, loved it and they still became fans from something like that. The other performance that stands out to me is um, from SNL when they did Mic Drop, because I was not ready for that. I did not think that they were going to perform Mic Drop. So I pretty much, like, had, like... (laughs) I don't know. I had a fit in my living room while watching it. I think I sent Molly a polo of my reaction as I was like <laughs> watching it. And it was pretty insane. It was mostly me just screaming and being like, ah, I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. They look so great and everything. It's not anything that you want to hear. Cause I'm just pretty much like, off the wall like (laughs) crazy um but that performance also like really stands out to me and everything um yeah so I do have a little final like reflection activity but I wanted to do that kind of at like the end of the podcast let's talk (laughs) about BTS on their break a little bit so Pretty much while BTS was on our break, so were we. (laughs) Um, Molly was getting her life together in a new country again. Um, But they're sort of off their break now. So, like, I guess not to, like, the public, but they were spotted at the airport in Seoul, um, you know, all together. And everybody presumes it's for filming, you know, Bon Voyage season four. And there are rumors about slash, not rumors, but like about where it is, which is, do you want to reveal, Molly, since I guessed that they were maybe in like Canada, but they're in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They are in New Zealand. Um, And actually, Big Hit did release some sort of statement to the um, media here in Korea that they're officially off of break. So it's not like it's not unofficial, even though they're not back in like the public reforming and doing like fan meetings and stuff like big hit did release a statement that the break is over. Um, So they are officially back to doing recordings and they also, because they have their concert, we'll talk about them maybe in a minute. um, They have concerts coming up next month. So they're going to have to start preparing for that, but they did release a statement that they were traveling for filming but they never give details. So we just assume that it's for Bon Voyage um, because they traveled to another country and they were seen with selfie sticks at the airport. And as we know from the past Bon Voyages, that's what they do. They like carry their selfie sticks around and they record the whole thing. Um, obviously, they have cameramen recording themsel- recording them, but they also do a lot of recording of themselves. Um, but they didn't say where they were going, but there were people in New Zealand where they landed that were army fan that were army, and um there was some Snapchat or some sort of like social media people caught them, you know, taking pictures of them. I have a couple friends, well, I have a friend from New Zealand, but she lives in Australia she told me she and some of her other friends from New Zealand were freaking out, even though they weren't in New Zealand, they're from New Zealand. And that's where BTS was. But Erica had made a good point in um, our friend group about how New Zealand is less densely populated than a lot of places. So they wouldn't necessarily have to just go like, lock themselves up in a mountain cabin somewhere to get away from people. There's a lot of places in New Zealand they would be able to visit and do fun activities where there wouldn't be a lot of people around. And they've been posting pictures on Weverse and Twitter of them. And they're like cozy hats and jackets and headbands. And I cannot wait for this to come out. I've been wanting them to do a winter or at least some sort of like cold place And so I am super excited about it.
1: Yeah, no, I totally am too. And to be fair, just so everyone knows, because I don't know why I need to say this, I guess it's the Ravenclaw in me. But my second guess was New Zealand. (laughs) But um, no, I'm really excited too. New Zealand is just like, I've never been there, but obviously if you've seen any pictures or read or looked any, you know looked into anything about it it's just like this beautiful country full of like just spectacular nature and a lot of like adventurous activities so I was thinking it is such a smart location for them to go if they don't want to be mobbed by army because if army is going to try to see them they got to find the right mountain that they're on out of like 12 million you know so it's like good luck um And everything like that. And yeah, what Molly was saying about it being populated, I had um, a couple of friends from New Zealand growing up in high school. And one of the fun facts they always like to share was that there are more sheep in New Zealand than people. So and it's not even a joke. It's like for real. There's like probably like four (laughs) times as many sheep. (laughs) It's not very densely populated. I need
0: some, I need some BTS interaction with some sheep then. Yeah, I know. Like, uh,
1: ah, autograph. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were thinking that. I was thinking of the
0: sheep being fans. You were thinking of just BTS interacting <laughs> with sheep. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I like your thing better. I want the sheep to be fans of BTS. We'll go with that.
1: <laughs> uh, performing a concert for them. That uh, you know, and I'm just thinking of like army, army bomb sheep's and <laughs> oh. <laughs> What a time to be a sheep, right? (laughs) 2019, it's the year. Okay, um, the other thing, so at the airport, they were spotted. Obviously, there's like a lot of cameras in Seoul and everything at the Seoul airport. And
0: so let's talk about Jungkook. (laughs) So Jungkook has tattoos, maybe? I so hope these are temporary. I honestly hope they're real. <laughs> that, that there's, If you don't ever understand anything about Erica and I, this like explains both of us perfectly. I hope his tattoos are real on his because they are knuckle tattoos. And Erica hopes they are fake. So that pretty much describes our personalities perfectly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, this is so funny because I thought you were going to have the same point of view. And I was like, no, and you're like yes. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we have a difference of opinion. When I saw this, I was just like, well, those can't be real. So <laughs> so I didn't like think anything of it. And then after a few days, people are like, is this real? He's been hanging out with a tattoo artist, and I'm like, okay, wait, hold on, these might be permanent.
0: And I'm like, is he even allowed to do that? See, that's what I'm thinking because. I was talking with some of my other friends about it and we're like, that's real extreme for like, if he doesn't have another tattoo somewhere, like for a first tattoo to go for the hands, like not just for someone who's in the public eye, but for anybody, because you can't hide them. You can't cover them up, Um, you know, with Jimin's tattoo, everything, people flipped out about it. But it's in a place that can be hidden. He wears a shirt and nobody knows. Like, who knows how long he had that tattoo before people saw it. But with tattoos on your hands, like, there's no way to hide those. There's no way to, that's not, and and it says, okay, for those of you who haven't seen, um, it's on his top four fingers and there's an a r m y and it spells army and then like in between his fingers it looks like they're like little stars um but that's not something you can like really easily cover up down the road either and i guess i mean he's gonna be bts for life if they're real and keep army on his fingers but it's just it it seems like very extreme to be real but then yeah people were saying like so on his break, he was hanging with like some tattoo artist buddies. So who knows, like they could totally be real. And I mean, good for him if they are. Like I'm happy if if he likes them and I actually do like them. It goes with his whole look now, honestly. But it's going to be weird if they have to like cut his hair back into his coconut head and then he has these tattoos on his hand. It's just not going to go well together.
1: Yeah, I feel like we're seeing, like, two Jungkooks, right? We have, like, wavy, long-haired Jungkook, who's, like, bad boy Jungkook uh, tattoos, you know, yeah. And then you have clean-cut coconut head, you know. All of these sound like insults, but um, they're not. But clean-cut coconut head that we're so used to, you know. And for me, I don't know, I, obviously, we differ on, like, I don't care about people getting tattoos and ultimately that's a personal decision for a person to make, but you know, it's one of those things that like anytime someone says, Oh, that's a personal decision. They're like not in favor of it. (laughs) So (laughs) I personally feel like if you are going to go for tattoos, I feel like that's just kind of like an extreme one to make like maybe your first like visible one. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems like more of, like, an impulsive-ish look. It may not be. But, yeah, I just wasn't
0: expecting, like, knuckle, you know, tattoos or anything. But, but what you said about, like, is he even allowed to do that? Because that that's interesting. Like, Jimin's is obviously real. Like, we saw it in person <laughs> L.A. night one when he basically should have just taken his shirt off. Like he's had that for way too long for it to be fake. It's in the exact same spot. Like that's real, but it's covered. You know, maybe they do they have something in their contract saying like they're allowed to, you know, get tattoos, but they have to whatever. They have, they don't have control over what they do with their hair. Like Big Hit tells them what color they're going to dye their hair, basically. Or they like give them an option like, okay, you can pick from like these four colors. So for them to have the freedom to be able to, get tattoos which there's other like Korean artists that have tattoos obviously but that's their whole look and their whole vibe and or more than one of the members has tattoos and um there's quite a few groups that the guys are like real tatted up but it's just like with BTS's whole look it just doesn't I don't know it just doesn't go But I don't care either way. Like if it's real, if it's fake, if it's real good for him, if it's fake, then good for him. I just think it's a very interesting decision as like, if it is his first tattoo, I want to know if he has other tattoos now. So maybe he has a tattoo somewhere else that nobody's ever seen. We've seen him without a shirt on. (laughs) He lifts his shirt up a lot. We've seen his thighs, we've seen his calves, so, I mean, there's, we're losing, basically (laughs) we're losing (laughs) space as this tattoo. We're losing space to where he could have another tattoo, where he could have a tattoo.
1: So, yeah, I guess this will be the mystery that will be solved only with time. Um, the other thing is that I was watching, um, DK, DK TV kind of report, I guess you can say on this story. And one of the things they said is that, um, at some point Jungkook said that if he wasn't in BTS or he wasn't doing this, he would have wanted to be in a tattoo artist. So, you know, that could be a preview of what's like to come
0: with, his look, you know, as the years go on or something. All right. I'm saving a space on my body for Jungkook to give me a tattoo.
1: If Jungkook becomes a tattoo artist, I might even get a tattoo. <laughs> I've never wanted a tattoo in my life. <laughs> but
0: I'll be but he, I mean, you never know. He could like, he's a, he's an artist. Um, He loves to draw. He's really good at drawing. And if he has all these tattoo artist buddies, like, I'm not going to say it's not hard to learn, but I know people in the States, my brother actually learned how to do it and it takes time and to be really good at it. He would have to practice a lot, but I mean, maybe that's something he would want to get into down the road, like after BTS, like get into tattooing or we've speculated about what they would do after or if they weren't in BTS. And that was never my first thought with that junk hook would be a be, would be a tattoo artist, but after since muster i can totally see it like this long hair bad boy he likes to wear leather jackets and his timberlands and um i can see him like on a motorcycle with tattoos and his long hair i do i do think wavy jungkook is
1: best jungkook but i'm also like a girl who's like very pro clean cut too but I'm not saying I'm hating against it and if that's who he genuinely is then I definitely want him to explore that and be able to express that and stuff like that too also in terms of him learning how to do any tattoos he just needs to learn how to do one which is his autograph onto everybody's body because that's (laughs) all he'll need to do just Cook right here please Um, maybe at fan meets he can do that instead of (laughs) just tattoo people (laughs) <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, Oh my gosh. So um, that's basically what has like happened since the last time we've recorded. Also, I guess one of the that they did too is they released the preview for the membership kits for the fan club, which have you signed up yet? I know that you were going to do it after you got to Korea,
0: but I guess we never really talked about that. Did you sign up? No, I still haven't because uh, now that I have a Korean address, I have to have a Korean phone number to have anything shipped to me. Uh, It won't let me put in my U.S. phone number. Um, I don't use any of my data, but I still have my phone number from the States. Uh, I have a what they call here a Wi-Fi egg. So it's like a little pocket Wi-Fi device. Um, But I have Wi-Fi in my apartment. I have Wi-Fi at work. And then I have this little pocket Wi-Fi. I theoretically could probably get rid of that because literally every restaurant, every public place here has Wi-Fi. But it's just more of a hassle to have to like log in every time I go into somewhere. And I haven't had the time to get a Korean phone number yet. Well, I have a little bit. I haven't been able to order anything off of uh, Wepley because I have to have a Korean phone number. So because I, I know they're going to be in concert here in October, I already would not be able to be on the floor. And because I've seen the, the Speak Yourself tour six times, I feel like I would rather save that money for A, the comeback or B, end of the year shows if there was a way for me to Um, if I was able to get into any of the end of the year award shows or whenever they have that come back, if I was lucky enough to like get the lottery of getting into one of their performances or whatever, I'd rather save the money for those tickets since I've seen the love yourself or the speak yourself tour. And I'm going to go to a concert in Korea. So it's not like this is the only concert they're ever going to put on in Korea. So I'm not too concerned about not getting the membership yet. That was really the only concern was, like, the time constraint of being able to get into this this last concert uh, for the Speak Yourself tour. Hopefully, in the next couple weeks, we'll be able to get that.
1: Well, I hope so. Yeah, I didn't really think about how, like, you know, here, if they're here, it's like, okay, you have to or you want to go see them because it's so rare. But, like, in living in Korea, you have to kind of really make some decisions about it. It's like, I can't go to every single thing that BTS like has. I have to kind of like really choose. And at least like you said, you've seen Speak Yourself. um, So at least it's like a show you've already seen. So you can kind of like start planning for a future show. So I mean, I think that totally makes sense. Um, And even them coming back to the United States, like I have to have some like restraint in my head about like, If they're here, what will we do? Because I know there was like discussion of them appearing at like the Jingle Ball. But I was like, if they go, I can maybe, living in California, I can maybe make it to LA. um, And that would be feasible enough. But do I want to go if they're not, performing like a full concert and it's just like you know a few songs and you have to combat other fans and like try to get tickets that like are you know pretty good and maybe they're only on stage
0: for like 10 or 15 minutes but that still could be good but then what if the comeback happens like at the beginning of the year and then they are like oh we're coming in concert in march or april in the states and then you're like well crap i just spent all this money going to see them 3 months ago and they only performed for 10 minutes and now they're coming back for a whole tour so you really have to kind of like you said pick and choose and make your priorities and decide like if it really would be worth it yeah and
1: i've already decided like if they do a tour in the US i don't think i would go to a ton of shows again but i do think i'd spend money if i needed to on really good seats um and so like that's kind of like my priority like maybe get one show but like really good and make it like that great so we'll just see if they end up doing multi-city tours again or what's feasible and everything but yeah it's now you have to kind of make choices and not just you know I think we're just so surprised by it all (laughs) and caught up in the excitement that
0: we kind of went a little crazy but no. Oh, yeah, we had no idea how – I remember we were like, um, what happened? <laughs> yeah. I, I was just like,
1: um, we're going After the,
0: to. <laughs> like, the tickets went on sale. We're like, okay, we're just going to try for this. We're just going to try for this. Um, okay, we got these tickets. Okay, we're just going to see what happens. Oh, we're just going to see what happens. <laughs> and we said that for two weekends in a row, and then all of a sudden we have tickets to all the all the shows. We're like, uh – How, how did this just happen? I know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're going to all the shows.
1: Um, (laughs) That's really funny. Do you have anything else to talk about from like their break or any news or anything that you've heard or?
0: No, I don't think
1: so. Oh, we do have one major thing to talk about before we get into the little activity that I dropped earlier. And that's, um, Molly, uh, who's your bias? (laughs)
0: My bias is J-Hope. Mm-hmm. You? My bias is J-Hope. You don't you don't listen to me 100%. Cuz my bias is still J-Hope, but <laughs> but <laughs> but if in dream world I were to have a chance to be with any one of them, it would definitely be Jungkook.
1: Okay, so Bias maybe is maybe I conflated that, but basically you would be with <laughs> Mary
0: <laughs> be with Junk Cook. Yes. Hobie's still my main BTS bias. Just I love how he is with the group and especially after the very last run BTS episode, just he has such a big heart and he cares so much for all of them. And he's such a positive force and a positive light for the rest of the members. I know we, we call Jen the dad. Well, Jen's the mom and RM's the dad, but Hobie takes on this like fatherly role to all of them, uh, helping Jen with extra choreography. And, um, even like in hope on the street, on V Live, he used to help Jungkook a lot because Jungkook is really good with like scripted choreography, but he used to struggle a lot with like with freestyle dancing. And that's where J-Hope really shines. And so J-Hope has helped all of them a lot with their different styles of dancing and being more comfortable dancing. And he does extra practice with them and he makes sure they're on time. And he's kind of like he makes sure they clean the house and like he hates things being dirty and he really helps take care of all of them, even though he's, you know, kind of in the middle. Um, and I just love his role in the group. And so like as a whole, and I love his, his music, his mixtape. Um, I love his rapping and a lot of his parts and songs. And I'm just so proud of him as being a writer and a producer and the growth that he's had in BTS But as I reflect, like, we have nothing in common. And so if in my dream world head, I was ever to be able to date him, it would not work at all. And Jungkook and I definitely have a lot more in common. Um, I'm a very, like, adventurous outdoors person. I love to go hiking. I like to see and do things, and I don't have any phobias really like I get nervous about heights and and things like that but I still will do it and I still find it fun and exhilarating and I'm not like real scared of things and I'll still try I'll try anything so I feel like John Cook and I would definitely have a much better actual relationship if that were feasible I'm not delusional enough to ever think that that were to happen but I'm just saying that in my dreams, it would be Jungkook.
1: So I feel like this is interesting. It maybe growth is the word. I don't really know. Um, from a year ago, because you're saying dream world. Whereas I feel like a year ago, it's like, no, this is going to happen. Jungkook <laughs> and I are going to be together. <laughs> and now you're like, hey. well, there's a chance,
0: you know. I was, I was in a rough place a year ago. (laughs) I was newly single and I was projecting my emotions and just praying and hoping that that would happen. But yes, I've grown over the last year and yeah, we'll say, we'll say that.
1: And you know what? I get it because even if you're if people are the most attracted to one member in BTS or another member or more than one, whatever, I don't know. Um, it doesn't mean that they have to be your bias. Like for instance, my bias is sugar, but like, I kind of see the guys more as like friends. I mean, I, my ultimate bias is the person I'm with and you know, everything like that. So I don't really like see it as like, Oh, in the future I'm going to run off with any of them. Cause I don't, <laughs> I'm pretty happy in the relationship I'm in, but that doesn't mean I don't have a bias. And my bias is based on more than just like pure attractiveness.
0: <laughs> well, the it's funny that you said that because I was talking to, to Hannah about it. And we were talking about V and how just like visually attractive V is. And like, he's probably the most attractive member. Just if you look at any photos, He knows how to work a camera. He looks good in almost any outfit. He looks good in any hair color, Um, any look that they put on him. He can pull off and he's just like the most visually appealing, I think, but he doesn't do it for me. Like I'm not attracted to him at all, but just as like a human being, he is a gorgeous person and he has a great personality and he's super sweet and he's talented but it's like anybody not just idol groups or celebrities it's anybody that you meet relationships i've had in the past like maybe the guy I dated wasn't attractive to one person but they were more attractive to me because of their personality and how we connected and so like i don't know if there's anyone who doesn't think Cook is attractive but there might be, like, some people might be more attracted to J-Hope or more attracted to uh, to yungi But that doesn't mean, like, that person is their bias. You're attracted to different people for different reasons. You know, I love them all equally. And, like, I want to be best friends with Jin and Namjoon and Jimin. Like, I want to be friends with Jimin so bad. But Jimin is a very attractive person. And just how he – we've talked – a lot about like how he moves his body and like, he's just this very like raw sexual person. But like, I just want to be friends with him because he is such, he's so sweet and has this huge heart. And, you know, everyone's attracted to somebody for different reasons and in different ways and not just like celebrities or idols. So I feel like that's why like J-Hope or Hobi is still my bias because I've grown to love and appreciate him more over the last year than I initially did because of my like infatuation with Jungkook. So I got to know who Hobi was as a person and I just appreciate his role and who he is in BTS.
1: I mean, well said, well put. Um, and that kind of leads me into a transition. <laughs> um, so, okay, I have a little kind of mushy gushy activity, but I thought it would be cute for our BTS anniversary and our podcast anniversary. And so, in our very first like episode, our welcome or whatever, I know that we kind of like talked about like each member. And I just thought it would be nice to maybe like, almost do the same thing but instead of talking about like just our thoughts on this member or whatever maybe we could like say like a little thank you to that member for something like specific Um, maybe we'll just lead off with J-Hope since you just spoke about him but what what do we want to say thank you to J-Hope for?
0: Thank you for always making me laugh and making me smile and even when you are down You are that positive influence and positive light, not only for the members, but for your fans as well.
1: Yes. And I'd like to say thank you, J-Hope, for looking me in the eyes during that concert. But besides that, um, I totally agree. So I guess the member that I'll point out is, you know what? I want to do Jen. Oh, that's a weird sentence. But I want to thank Jen. Yeah, Um, me too. (laughs) Jen I want to just say thank you so so much for your hard work and your positive attitude that just like really shines through I feel like I can relate to Jen in the sense of that in the sense that I don't know if being positive is necessarily like a natural disposition for him I think inside he's actually more serious and everything like that but I think it's really important to him to make other people happy and also to he makes a conscious effort to be positive and I really relate to that and I admire that and I thank him for that and I again also thank him for his hard work because you know I know that being a dancer doesn't come naturally to him and just to know the and I say that but he looks incredible with the rest of them And just to know how much work that takes when it's not your natural thing, like some of the other guys, really always, like, blows my mind away. And I'm just so proud of him every time I watch him dance and see him fit in with everyone. I'm like, that's just, like, incredible. And it just really shows you how hard work can pay off so much and consistency and just, like, drive. And I just appreciate him for showing these qualities of, like – here I go. And Harry Potter – there's a part where like Dumbledore like Harry's like, oh, you know, sorry, spoiler alert, but oh, you know, is Voldemort in me? Am I just, you know, said to be evil or anything? And it's just like, no, it's your choices who make you who you are. And I feel like Jin is definitely, you know, an example of that, of someone whose choices have resulted in just a lot of beauty and amazingness that we all can be inspired about.
0: I totally agree. I want to thank Jimin just for being himself and for being so open with his fans. There's a lot of celebrities and artists and just people in general, even, you know, actual friends of mine who hide things or don't share things because they're either ashamed of what they're going through or they don't think anyone will understand. But Jimin has always been open with us about Um, Having like an eating disorder and going being depressed and um, all the, the hardships that he's gone through and he shares those with his fans. And that's really hard to do is sharing vulnerabilities, but it's also allowed us to see the growth that he's had and to see the person that he's become for all the hardships that he's gone through, he's such a happy person and he gives so much to the other members um, and to, to army. And every time he, he receives any kind of award or recognition, he always says, you know, it's because of army and it's because of my fans and um, it's because of my members. He never, he never, you know, recognizes himself, um, which he needs to, but he's just so humble and so sweet. You know, anytime they give gifts to each other, like he's such a thoughtful person. And, um, I just want to thank him for like being his true self and being authentic and for being such a sweet and wonderful person, uh, in such a hard position that he has to be in.
1: I love little Jimin so much. So the next person I'm going to think is V, which as we know when I started my BTS journey, if I had to rank them in order, I would say he was like my 7th favorite and we've discussed that on the podcast like, "Oh, am I going to change my bias or whatever?" But as after we locked eyes <laughs> at Soundcheck, everything changed. No, but I wanted to say um thank you to V For being himself, he is, I don't even want to say offbeat. I don't know if that's the right word. But, like, he does march to the beat of his own drum. He does his own thing. And he just inspires you to just, like, live and luxuriate in your own uniqueness. And I really love that about him. Um, And, like, the Bantang addict, Bantang addict, I always say it wrong. Anyway, um, during the Festa video, (laughs) V was, like, saying his, like, kind of level of spirituality and the other guys were kind of like making fun of him but that just showed me like how V is it's like it doesn't matter what's like going on around him he has like this strong inner sense of who he is and he shows it proudly which also is an example to all of us and the other thing that I appreciate V for which we talked about also recently is that he you know, struggles with that skin condition. And I just, I understand what it's like to kind of like struggle with things in your health and your life and whatever. And he doesn't really talk about it or bring it up or let it slow him down or anything like that. And with all of the work and all the dancing and all the stuff that they have to do, you know, that can be a personal struggle that's actually, you know, harder than we know or we see. And I just appreciate that, like, he just doesn't ever like, let it show although he can if he really wants to I'm not saying he should hide it but I just it just reminds me that he's stronger and has more depth to him than we'll ever really like know and I appreciate that he brings so much of that depth to uh BTS and uh, you know that authenticity and I just I really appreciate V so much
0: I feel like he and I have a lot in common as well. And I would love to be friends with him. And just he's so quirky and I love it. I want to thank John Cook for <laughs> inadvertently helping being me. Being hot? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> for being hot. No, I love him for so much more than that. And for inadvertently helping me get through a really hard time in my life. And, um, you know, I I don't focus as much on BTS or a particular member now as I did when I first started standing BTS. Um, and that's partly because of them and, and them helping me get through this hard time in my life. And I've made friends and I'm in a new place and I'm in a job finally that I like. And, you know, being able to focus my attention on hook in those really hard times and find a source of happiness that I didn't know that I could have, um, in that time was such an amazing thing. And even though he, you know, has no idea that he did that for me. Um, I just want to thank him for being that person that I could look towards to smile, to make me laugh. And he, <laughs> he's also one that kind of does his own thing as we've seen, more recently um, I feel like he's grown up in front of the camera but he's just finally like starting to find himself he's not afraid to be different he's not afraid to you know act different or to say things or do things and he's the little brother but he also is a leader in his own sense a lot of them look up to him when it comes to dancing and all eyes are on him and focused on him and can maybe take away some of the pressure on some of the other members who aren't as confident um, in their dance skills. He is also really sweet and has such a big heart and he loves his fans so much. And as we saw, he's put himself in danger at concerts, jumping down to go say hi to a girl in a wheelchair and jumping off the side of the stage and running around the side to be able to high five armies. And, you know, he's one of those that doesn't think twice about his himself. He just thinks about making everyone else happy. And I really admire that about him. And I'm just so thankful that um, I have been able to, know who he is and that he is a part of my life and maybe a part of your future
1: too <laughs> wedding bells no i'm just kidding okay um or am i um anyway <laughs> moving forward um i guess i will think sugar my ultimate bias though i love all seven of, seven of them so much sugar i guess from the beginning is a member that has stood out to me and i think it's because i just feel like i relate to him so much I don't even I don't even know if I have like words to explain it but like I appreciate similar to V but in a different way that Sugar brings his own brand of authenticity to the group I feel like he could conform to what people think a boy band member supposed to be and try to like smile and have like this weird energy or whatever, but he just brings himself, which is like this like laid back guy. And I think it's important to show like different sides and different things and that it's okay. If you're not like, you know, jumping off the walls all the time and everything like that. But that being said, he still has like such a crazy work ethic and he, is so talented. And I mean, they're all so talented too. Um, but with producing and composing, and he really pushes himself like really hard. And um I just like, I don't know, I just relate to him so much. And I appreciate his presence and his role in the group as for being, you know, offering just something different from the rest of the guys. And I also know that like Suga is a person who values, I think more than the other guys, like, and they do too, but a sense of like privacy. And as a person myself who like is that way, and maybe he's just more introverted and stuff. Like, I just like, appreciate that, That there's a way that he can be under so much scrutiny and under so many lenses and everything like that, but still keep a a rich, like inner world and certain things to himself. And, I don't know. I just like really admire that he shows a way of being yourself. Even if those aren't like natural things to be like constantly in like the public eye or whatever. And um, I know that he's like a really very sweet person and generous and very kind and supportive and all these things. And they're not really aspects of him that I think get appreciated from the forefront. Cause he's not like super flashy or showy, but he is a person who's kept like a lot of friendships throughout the industry and throughout like just certain things. And I think it just kind of shows that he is a person. He's like that friend who will, I think who will like check in on you, who will call you, who will be in touch, who will be there for you. And he doesn't like do it for show. And a lot of people don't even know that, but like he just does it because he's a, a generous and caring person.
0: Yes. And lastly, um, what you just said last about Yoongi, I also feel about Namjoon, that he is the same way. He's such a kind and caring person, and he has a lot of friends in the industry as well. And he keeps in touch, and not just for business purposes, but because he genuinely loves these people and wants to be friends with these people. And he wants to learn from them. Um, He is constantly trying to learn and make what he thinks will make himself better, which I think he's pretty perfect already, but he wants to learn and grow and be the best possible version of himself. And because of that, he has made me want to be the best possible version Of myself and you know not to get complacent and say okay well I'm good enough at this or oh I did good enough you know it makes me always want to do more and to do better and to be a better person and um, you know to to be open and honest and he has all of this responsibility of being the leader and He might not have had as much responsibility before they got as big in the States, but now they're doing so many interviews where they have to speak English. He also has a responsibility of being one to answer the questions and to have the knowledge of what the people are talking about and to be able to translate for the other guys and to translate what they say to him, (laughs) even though the best, one of the best things is when they say this whole long thing and he says, oh yeah, he said it was cool. Like, I, I just love that about him. And he is so funny and has this, like, really quirky personality as well. Um, but he always steps up when he needs to. And he's so well-spoken and knowledgeable and smart and talented. And same about yungi with, like, his writing and producing. And he takes so much responsibility with albums Look at the Persona album and the credits. Namjoon wrote it and composed it and did everything on the album. Obviously, they had tons of other help and so many other collaborators, but he worked on every single aspect of that album. And he puts his heart and soul into everything that he does. And there aren't many people that are like that. And I just I have so much respect for him. Yeah, you said it.
1: And finally, I think we should both, in our own ways, thank um, BTS as a group. And I guess I'll just go first um, since you just finished with RM. But I just wanted to say, BTS, if you're out there and you're listening, (laughs) no, um, I wanted to say like, thank you, thank you so much for all of the hard work that you put in to everything that you do, all of the passion, all of the sacrifice that you give, that you're sacrificing so many years of your youth to do what I feel like is a service that extends beyond your country and your culture and it is worldwide. What you mean to people, including to myself, is so much that's really hard to put into words. You have provided hope for people who have felt hopeless. You have provided happiness for people who felt like maybe they couldn't be happy again. You've provided entertainment and you constantly raise the bar of what it means to do art and to do it with, again, so many eyes on you, so much pressure on you, the world watching you, and yet you still thrive. You have shown me that it is, the the beauty of working for a collective goal and working within a group you have shown me the beauty of letting your authenticity and your your individual gifts shine you've shown me that hard work can definitely pay off and to just be yourself i want to thank you personally for just being just such a healing force in my life you've opened up so many opportunities and just have just really made what would have been and could have been one of the hardest years of my life be such a meaningful and beautiful year and I will forever ever 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 always always appreciate that and um I just thank you for kind of filling at least a musical hole and then some in my life because I hadn't connected to music in such a long time and it kind of just reopened this sense of hope in me. So I just want to say thank you so much and I will forever appreciate you for what you've done for me.
0: I think that's a perfect place to end and literally everything you said is exactly what I wanted to say, uh, you encompassed my feelings perfectly. And I think that's one thing that connects us is that BTS was almost the exact for both of us in our lives, even though we were going through very different things. um, They had the same effect on both of us. I couldn't have said it more perfectly. Well, thank you, Molly. Also, thank you for being my partner in crime
1: in this. threw ourselves off the cliff that is army and and loving BTS. Um I felt like it was a Thelma and Louise moment where we just got in the car and drove off the cliff and um we I'm did. Glad, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't have to do it alone. I'm glad that you've been there every step of the way. So I thank you so much too. And um yeah so I guess that's it for this super sappy episode. <laughs> You know, we'll be back as BTS is back and doing things. You know, we're still also, disclaimer, um, still getting settled and adjusting with things and time zones, crazy time zones and stuff like that. But hopefully we'll be back um, sooner rather than later. Um, And, yeah, thank you guys also. I should say that, too. Thank all of you. I want to thank all of you listening to us. Do you want to thank them, Molly?
0: I do without you guys. I mean, we would probably still do this even if no one was listening, (laughs) but without you guys, it wouldn't be as fun. You know, we love when you guys interact with us and I do sincerely apologize for the lack of social media use. Um, That's honestly, I think for both of us, like a positive for our mental health is kind of stepping back from social media We do love interacting with you guys. So if you feel the need to reach out, please do. And we will respond. You know, I'm not going to ignore you. If you reach out to us, we love to talk to you guys. um, But we're so grateful for you guys. As Erica always says, like, we want to hear what you think if you really if you have any profound thoughts or not profound thoughts or you think that you're going to marry Cook, or <laughs> let us know we we want to hear anything you have to say and if you feel like you don't have any other army friends reach out to us and we would love to be your army friend so we love you guys and thank you for listening
1: yes thank you for a year of friendship and togetherness on this army adventure and here's to the next year and hopefully at least six more with bts yeah. <laughs> so i guess until next time why say no when you can say b t yes,
0: yes.
1: Woo! see you next time bye guys, bye guys. <laughs>